0: Good morning. For the first time since the opioid epidemic swept into Loudoun, a drug supplier has been convicted of manslaughter for causing an overdose death. For Thursday, July 13th, it's your Loudoun Now Morning Minute. Today's Morning Minute is sponsored by Get Out Loudon. It's a new service from the Loudon Now team to help get you out of the house and to explore the county's many ways to get out. Go to getoutloudon.com for our complete calendar of concerts and events. And if you've got an event, make sure you get your dates on our list. We want to help get more people through your door and make your event a success. To stay up to date on the latest entertainment, you can also follow Get Out Louden on Facebook or on Twitter and sign up for the weekly e-newsletter with the best stuff each weekend. It's all at GetOutLoudon.com. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rince Green. On Tuesday afternoon, Heather Nicole Timbers of Leesburg pleaded guilty to charges of involuntary manslaughter, distribution of heroin, and possession of heroin. Each of those charges carries a maximum sentence of 10 years in prison. According to evidence in the case, Miss Timbers joined DeWitt Talmage Black IV, a guitarist with the metal band Yesterday's Saints, at the Clarion Inn in Leesburg in September of last year. Mr. Black regularly rented hotel rooms to work on his music. The two shared beer, liquor, and Chinese food before moving on to something harder. Miss Timbers told Leesburg police that around 11 p.m. she cut two lines of heroin from a bag she purchased in the hotel parking lot. She snorted one. Mr. Black snorted the other. Police were called to the room at about 8 o'clock the next morning. Mr. Black was dead on the floor. He was one of 41 reported drug deaths in Loudoun County in 2016, 29 of which were linked to opioids. But Mr. Black was not a known drug user. In multiple interviews with police, family, friends, and even Ms. Timbers told investigators he had never been known to use narcotics of any kind. This is the first time someone has been convicted of manslaughter in Loudoun for providing opioids that led to someone dying from an overdose. A similar case went to trial in January of last year. In that case, James Michael Weber shared heroin with his friend Jamie Ducharme, who was later found dead in her bedroom by her mother. The heroin was laced with fentanyl. Mr. Weber was acquitted of involuntary manslaughter but convicted of distributing heroin and sentenced to 21 months in jail. Go to loudnowcom slash morning minute to check out the whole story. In other news, supervisors have been bracing for a public backlash ever since proposing a pay increase for the next board. But if there's a backlash, it wasn't at the public hearing last night. Supervisor Matt Letourneau and Chairwoman Phyllis Randall have proposed a pay bump of 62%. For a regular supervisor, that means a raise from $41,200 a year to $66,826. Under state law, the board can't give itself a raise in its current term. The salary increase wouldn't go into effect until 2020, after the next election. That pay increase was designed to roughly track with the growth of the county's general operating budget since the board's current salary was set back in 2008. It equates to where salaries would be now if supervisors had received approximately 4% raises every year. Only three people spoke to the board about the proposed pay increase, and all three were in favor. Brent Campbell, who is a member of the Loudoun Water Board of Directors, a former Hamilton Town Councilman, and serves as chair of the board-appointed Housing Advisory Board, said raising salaries helps ensure anyone can run for office. In other words, a person who isn't independently wealthy would still conceivably be able to run for office in Loudoun despite the high cost of living here. One speaker, Mark Miller, actually went further. He said the chair of the county should be paid like a constitutional officer, or in other words, like the sheriff or the treasurer or the commonwealth's attorney. According to the state compensation board, the lowest paid of those can be paid no less than $124,000 a year, and the county can pay them more than that. The proposed raise would only get the next chair to $81,000. Last night, the fierce opposition to the idea of a raise came from supervisors themselves. Vice Chair Ralph Bona said he could maybe support raises that reflected what county staff have received since 2008, but not more. That would put a supervisor at just about $50,000. County staff have some years gotten no raises and other years gotten up to 3% raises. I could run you through all the arguments Vice Chair Bona made, but instead let's hear it in his words. I'll just treat you to a little Ralph Bona rant here. The optics of the timing of this are terrible. <coughs> This is about our 18th month in office. I don't think we'd have done this in our fourth year in office. It's election year, so let's do it early in the term so the citizens forget about it by election time. And let's do it in the summer when everybody's on vacation. Let's hold a public hearing while everybody's on vacation. And oh, by the way, let's do it in the very last business meeting before the board takes its August recess. We only recess one month a year, and it's August, and the vote's gonna happen in the last month before we go on August recess. So everybody in votes yes can run and hide and not have to deal with their constituents. That of course didn't sit well with the supervisors pushing this idea. Chair Randall said she's been reaching out to people to make sure they're aware of the date and time of last night's public hearing. Not only am I not running and hiding, I'm going out and begging people. And I actually said, no matter what you think about it, come in and come to the boardroom and speak to us. And so that's just, just not a true statement, not, not at all. Supervisor Letourneau pointed out that this discussion began before school was even out. I will also point out that we made the most consequential decision in the last 50 years in this county, which was to opt into Metro the day before July 4th, five years ago. So don't give me that. I mean, we're we're here. We're having public meetings. I put this in my newsletter. I know Chair Reynolds done extensive outreach. Nobody's trying to hide anything. If we were, we were doing a really bad job of it. And, quote, broad-run supervisor Ron Meyer. There is a reason why the three most vocal people against this have, have represent districts where they're either built out or very little is happening with land use or transportation. Secondly, there's a reason why the most vocal opponent of this is the most independently wealthy on the board, and that's all I will say. And that's all very exciting, but what philosophically this debate boils down to is this. On one hand, some supervisors argue that the job of running Loudoun County and overseeing the county's thousands of employees and $2.5 billion budget is drastically different than it used to be. It takes a lot more time and work to say nothing of all the regional commitments and roles our supervisors play. They also say if you don't pay supervisors enough, then less well-off people in the county won't be able to run for office because they simply can't afford to sacrifice that much time for that little money. On the other hand, other supervisors argue that the job of elected supervisor is supposed to be a part-time job and that no more taxpayer money should be going into their pockets. In fact, Supervisor Gary Higgins argues you don't want to encourage people to be full-time supervisors. You want them out in the county, on the roads, driving to and from work. Feelings on the board about this are mixed right now. Some supervisors support it. Supervisor Higgins, Vice Chair Bona, and Supervisor Suzanne Volpe are outright opposed. Supervisor Kristen Umstadt has said she can support the idea of a raise, but not one as big as is being proposed. Anyway, supervisors will vote on this on July 20th. Changing gears, the Virginia Department of Transportation is doing a science experiment out on Hogback Mountain Road south of Leesburg. This is the road you take to get to Stone Tower Winery from Route 15. And this is not mad science, hopefully. Hopefully it's not mad science. But it is road science, and it might end up saving some money. They're trying out an increasingly popular and promising technique called full-depth reclamation. In the case of a rural gravel road like Hogback Mountain, which has lots of curves and ups and downs and is prone to washing out, they're hoping this might stretch out their maintenance money. What they do is they go out to the road, mix up the material that's already out there with cement, and use that for the foundation for a new road. This lets them reuse and recycle their construction materials in place, and ideally it gives the road a more stable foundation. This is instead of sending trucks out to pour more gravel over the road and grade it a couple of times a year. The real test will be to see how it holds up in the winter months. VDOT will have an idea about how suitable this material is for roads like Hogback Mountain after that. So next time you head out to Stone Tower Winery or Hogback Mountain Paintball, for about the first three quarters of a mile after you turn onto Hogback Mountain Road, see if you notice any difference. Nicole Acosta is decamping for Fairfax after 12 years with the Loudon Abused Women's Shelter. She'll still be working with victims of domestic violence and sexual assault, but just over the county line. Next month, she'll start a new job as the countywide domestic violence coordinator for Fairfax County's Office for Women and Domestic and Sexual Violence Services. Ms. Acosta started with laws in 2005, working overnight shifts at the shelter, and said it was a perfect fit. After earning her master's degree in 2006, she took a job as the director of Youth and Child Services. In 2012, she took over as executive director. She was 29 years old at the time, and she was taking over for Susan Curtis, who'd been with Laws for 20 years. We've got a lot more about Ms. Acosta's impact on Loudon on our website. It's worth checking out, but just a couple of examples opening the Child Advocacy Center, and helping introduce the Lethality Assessment Program, which helps predict which domestic violence victims are most at risk of being killed by their abuser. Judy Hanley will serve as interim executive director while the Law's Board of Directors looks for the next leader. Ms. Hanley is the director of the Loudon Child Advocacy Center, which was launched in 2008. The debate over who will be on the Board of Trustees for a long-abandoned slave cemetery in Ashburn rages on. Appointing a board of trustees is one of the last steps for Toll Brothers to transfer ownership of the three-acre site, which is to the southeast of the Route 7-Route 659 interchange on Belmont Country Club property, but making those appointments has been the subject of competing court filings. Commonwealth's attorney Jim Plowman filed a petition last month asking the circuit court to appoint a trustee board of five to nine members representing, quote, a broad range of interests that will serve to protect and preserve the cemetery parcel. Attorney Benjamin Lee then filed a motion asking the court to appoint ten Ashburn area residents, including representatives from the Loudoun Freedom Center, the Thomas Bulch Library Black History Committee, and a descendant of one of the people buried in the cemetery. Mr. Lee represents the citizen group that has been working for more than a year to protect and restore the overgrown cemetery. Mr. Plowman and Mr. Lee each commenced to filing motions challenging the legal standing of the other to request the trustee appointments. Judge Thomas Horn has agreed to publicly advertise for residents who want to serve as trustees and to include both Mr. Plowman and Mr. Lee in the process of collecting those expressions of interest. The two parties could meet in court again as soon as next month to review the applications. And Leesburg is getting a Panda Express. That's the thing under construction by Chick-fil-A over by the Target parking lot. They expect to be open late this year. Get the full story on all these stories over at Loudennow.com. While you're there, check out our story about the work school cafeterias are doing to try to make sure no Loudon kids go hungry over the summer. It's all at Loudennow.com. Boy, I don't know if you noticed, this is the longest morning minute we've done by a long shot, I think. So I'll keep the calendar short. Jack's Run Brewing Company. And I still can't say the word rural. Rural. Anyway, Jack's Run Brewing Company in Percival is hosting Thirst Day today from 3 to 7 p.m. Roach from DC 101 will be there with a live broadcast. Get the details on this event and check out the rest of the events calendar at GetOutLouden.com. Okay, have a great day. rural